Amen. Order my steps. Order our steps in your word. Um, all the time, every time, even when things are going uh, sideways and inside out. And as my old football coach used to say, cattywampus. You know, even this uh, weekend, even order my steps, even when a terrorist group drives an airplane into the World Trade Towers twice. I'm sure um, most of us here have recounted where we were on 9-11. I, I remember um, uh, I was in Mobile, Alabama, and... It was the first week of starting a new job as the pastor at Central Presbyterian Church in Mobile, Alabama. So my first Sunday in the pulpit was going to be the first Sunday after 9-11. So, yes, I definitely was a person of prayer that uh, that week and i remember vividly there was a little courtyard and a um water pond and water garden and as i walked out there just trying to clear my head and just trying to listen to what the spirit would say i, I glanced up at the pool and there a water lily had bloomed that that night it wasn't bloomed, right? I didn't remember it blooming any time before, but it had bloomed. And I'm like, it just hit me. Boom. Oh, yeah. God's still at work. God's still causing the, the grass to grow and the flowers to bloom. He's still causing our hearts to, to beat. God is still at the center. God, is the, God has seen things like this before. And God is faithful and it, as I thought about that, I had planned, you know, a sermon already for the Sunday, and it was the Great Commission, you know, where Jesus said, "All authority uh, has been given to me. Now you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And I'll be with you to the end of the age." And as I sat there looking at the, the flower, which then I cut and put in a vase and took into the sanctuary, it was our, it was our, a little, not quite as beautiful as these flowers, but still powerful in its meaning on that Sunday. I said, that's a perfect sermon. That's a perfect thing for us to be reminded of, of what is our mission. What is God? That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed one bit. That is still the mission of the church. And I think the same for today. What is the mission of the church? The, the mission of the church for, is to encourage and support one another to invest our lives in Jesus and invite others to do the same. To, for us to invest our lives in Jesus and invite others to join with us. That does not change no matter what the situation, whether it's global or whether it's personal. That is what is a good thing then and today to be reminded of our mission. And so today we'll look at John chapter 1 where as Jesus is beginning his mission, 
Now we see Jesus says yes to discipleship. Jesus says yes to people following him and investing their lives in him. And, join, and inviting others to join with him. Um, let's, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your written word. Um, and your living word in Jesus. In the very presence of your spirit. And so we ask that indeed you would help us as you've been doing since the beginning. Ordering our steps according to your word. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive and hands and feet to obey. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, John chapter 1. We'll start with verse 35 and read through verse uh, 51. And the first character is John, but this is John the Baptist. John the Baptizer, not John the Apostle, who's the first uh, character that we um, meet As we read this passage. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was born, was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. The son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, now what, what we see in this passage is, is John the Apostle, um, he's revealing four segments of our journey of discipleship here. There are four segments that, that he outlines. Uh, one, in this first part, um, uh, with John the Baptist. 
So the first of these four segments is inform. John informs the two disciples about Jesus. You see it in verse 35 and 36. He's telling them, hey, this is who Jesus is. And if you read the passages before, he's been telling them all along. But this is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb of God. So he informs them. Then the the second step is then he initiates. John initiates contact between Jesus and the two disciples in, in verse 37. Hey, here he is. Go see him. Then, 38 and 39, the two disciples now invest in Jesus. I mean, this is the the longest segment. This is the segment in which we are always living, where we are investing in Jesus. The, The invest starts with investigation. Who is this Jesus and engaging with him? And then you choose to follow and you invest your life in Jesus. Or as Jesus says here and says regularly, follow me. And we see in the passage here too, the invitational nature of Jesus. You see it in Jesus. Um, you see it in Philip. You see it. Come, come and come hang with me. And then Philip says, come and see. And Jesus' invitation, come and follow me. He welcomes investigation. But his desire is that investigation will lead to all investing their lives in him. Now, for those of you here or online, and and you're at that place where you're ready to investigate Jesus. You've heard about him, and you you, you know about him. You're ready to connect with him and investigate him. I, again, welcome you to to Alpha, which is a, a, a... uh, opportunity that we give to folks to just come for 10 weeks. Um, uh, we, we explore who Jesus is. We go to the original sources. We have some uh, talks that, and then just open and honest discussion. We investigate who Jesus is. Now, our desire is that you will choose to follow him and that you will then invest your life in him because we have invested our lives in him and found the return on investment is equal to none other. Uh, so, but that's what Alpha is. And we'll be starting one at the end of September, the, the last Thursday in, in September. And, um, but what we desire is for all then to invest our lives in Jesus. Now, that's a big word, invest. But that's what discipleship means, to invest our lives in Jesus. Now, some of you may be thinking, yeah, but uh, financial investment, isn't it good to diversify investments? You know, you want a little bit of stock, a little bit of bonds, and maybe some of you want a little cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, you want to invest. And that, and that may be the case. Some of you will know that much better than I. But then when it comes to Jesus, you don't diversify at all. You invest totally and completely in him. I mean, Jesus doesn't take part-time investors. He doesn't take day traders. He does not abide by the gig economy. There's no gigging with Jesus. Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You do a little study with Jesus about the times that he said, follow me. And you read what he invited folks to when they said, when he said, follow me. And it wasn't just, let's just follow me on a nice little hike in the woods. I'll hold your hand for a little bit. 
That's not the invitation that Jesus had. There's one time in Luke chapter 18. He's talking to a young rich guy. And the guy's asking Jesus. He's investigating with Jesus. And then, then Jesus turns to him. I'll tell you what. You, you want to follow me? Sell all your possessions. Give them to the poor. And then follow me. Now that's not necessarily the most welcoming uh, invitation, is it? But that's what Jesus means when he says follow. When he gathers with his disciples on a number of occasions. He said, you want to be my disciples. You want to be my students. Then this is what it means. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. There, 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 there's no part-timeness in that statement from Jesus. And he said that on a number of occasions to his disciples. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Because the thing is, there's no equal to Jesus. So there's no way, I read a quote this week, you add anything to Jesus, you actually subtract from him. Because there's nothing you can add. There's no way you and I or us together are going to figure out a better way to live than Jesus does. So why would we just part-time follow Jesus? It's for our own good that Jesus is saying that. Follow me all the way. Invest your whole life in me. Again, it's the invitation to Jesus that he gives to us. It is clear and precise. It is open to all, but it is complete. Now, I know this is a little application of this truth, of this, this sense of what Jesus is asking us to invest in. Um, and now, I'm going to uh, simplify some very complex issues. But the, the point is how we respond to these particular political issues. So hopefully you can get beyond the complexity of the issues and, and hear what I'm getting at in terms of our response to two things that happened in these last couple of weeks that have really raised a lot of opposition. Uh, one of them is the Texas abortion law that has severely limited abortion. And you have some people responding uh, to that by saying, no, you, you shouldn't do You can't do that. You know, that, that's a personal decision between me and my doctor. It's my body, my choice. Uh, the other item has been presidential administration uh, saying that they're, they're going to require vaccines for I don't know how many millions and millions of people in a variety of ways. And, and for some, there's been a huge response. No, you can't do that. This is my decision with my doctor, my body, my choice. Now, hopefully, I covered every political interest in the room on that one. But you understand the problem here, I hope. That as followers of Jesus, this is not my body. This is a body that God has given to me. This is is a body that I am to use to steward the goodness of Jesus. The the love of God. the, The righteousness of the Holy Spirit. And so are you. So if you find yourself saying, my body, my choice. That's not following Jesus. And yet it is rampant across the entire nation. As followers of Jesus, we are to be stewards of our body. Now, you might have good reason then for why you would oppose or agree with any of those or other things. But be sure to check your soul. That what you're doing is saying, this is because I'm a steward of this body. 
granted to me by Jesus. And I'm to use this body in every way to invest in Him. This is the call of Christian discipleship. And the purpose of the church is to help one another to engage in everyday life as followers of Jesus anywhere, anytime. Now, so so we are called to help one another to encourage one another, to challenge one another, to invest our total lives in Jesus. To follow Him wherever He goes. Now, back to our story here, the the events here. So John the Baptist, he informs Andrew about Jesus. Andrew is one of his disciples. One of John's disciples who he informs about Jesus. John initiated contact between Andrew and Jesus. And then Andrew invested in Jesus. He hung out with him, wanted to know who he was and gave his life to him. And then the fourth step is then Andrew invites Simon, his brother, to hear about and meet with Jesus. There's inform, initiate, Invest and invite. And we see that in verse 42 and 43, where now Andrew started this whole process again, now with Peter. In verse 41, he informs Simon, who Jesus then renames Peter. He informs Simon about Jesus. And then in 42 and 43, he initiates contact between Simon and Jesus. And actually, the rest of the Gospel of John is about Peter investigating Jesus, following him, flailing, failing, falling, following him. The whole, the rest of the book is about Peter. Uh, And if you want to see the end of the story, you want to see the invite, that's actually in John chapter 21, the very end, after Jesus has been resurrected. And he meets with Peter. Peter had denied Jesus three times at the cross, and that's when he meets with Peter and and says, do you love me? Three times to him. And he responds, when Peter says, yes, I love you, Lord, then what does he say? He says, go feed my sheep. So you now are to carry this cycle for the rest of your life, Peter. But that's the whole uh, book um, of John. But you see this process, this process of of, uh, informing, of initiating, of investing, of inviting. It can take time. It's easy to put in four nice little steps. Um, and, and it continues as well with Philip and Nathaniel in the rest of the, the, the chapter, which we won't, uh, which I read, but I won't review here, but just how uh, Philip does the same thing with Nathaniel. Now, um, so th- this, th- this, these four steps, I want to, um, uh, share a, a, another way of looking at this process of discipleship, this primary work of the church, uh, of, of informing, initiating contact, then being a place where Jesus is invested in and then inviting others. That this whole process, um, uh, a, a friend of mine, a colleague, Dave Workman, he used to be pastor at Vineyard Church. He's retired now, does a lot of work um, in, uh, uh, with, with churches these days. He has a, a different way of, of looking at this. It's sort of like a, a but he uses a food metaphor. Um, uh, and, and Dave's a real foodie, so I, I know why that's the, the case. Um, but in this, just in this story with um, John the, the Baptist and, and Andrew, he would say this. He says, John brings the food to Andrew and he feeds Andrew. 
Yeah, so uh, just just like what uh, y'all got to do with Theo. You got to bring him the food and you got to feed him. Theo's the baby over here. Second step, John brings the food to Andrew and Andrew feeds himself. So it's sort of what you get to do with Milo. Bring him the food and hopefully Milo, that's Theo's big brother, uh, gets to gets to feed himself. Then, and that's uh, initiating uh, contact. Then uh, Andrew, the third step, Andrew brings the food and feeds himself. That's investing. And then finally, Andrew brings the food and feeds his brother Simon and starts the process. So I, want, I combined these in a way, give you some pictures, even to explore uh, these with um, uh, one another. They, they put these together, you know, so the first is in form where someone brings you the food and feeds you. Now, let's see, we got that. Yeah, right there. Yeah, you get a picture of what it looks like, you know, what this informing is. Someone gets the food and they feed you. The the second step, um, again, the next slide, is initiate. Now, that next step gets a little messy, starts to really get messy there, but someone gets the food and you feed yourself. And then the the third uh, step, again, you invest. And that's where you get the food and you feed yourself. You're gathered around. You make it. You prepare it. It happens really well with a lot of people gathered together. That's the season of investing. So that in then the end, you then invite. So that you bring the food and you feed someone else. And start that process with, with them. The relational interaction with Jesus and others is the purpose of the church. That is the process of discipleship. The interplay of Jesus and groups of people and individuals, particularly in small settings. That is the model of Jesus' discipleship. That's how he shared himself most pointedly and with the most impact. And what we know sociologically brings the most impact is when we get together with small groups around God's word to engage with his living word, God the Son, Jesus the Christ. And you, you have said, um, we, we've said as a congregation when we did the church survey that this is our greatest need. Of the, the, there were three things that were our greatest needs that came from our survey. Leadership development, spiritual formation, and relationships. And spiritual formation and relationships, leadership development are the nature of discipleship. And, and for us, we have set up growth groups. Small groups where we gather together in a variety of places in a variety of ways around the word, particularly each week looking at the passage that was taught on Sunday morning. The passage that was preached and there are questions then that help to develop, uh, that facilitate, that engaging, that investigating with one another who Jesus is. Um, and starting... Uh, the last Sunday of September. So in a couple of weeks, we're, we're going to have growth groups open and welcome to anyone that would participate in them. Uh, on your way out in the atrium, uh, Janet Dunford will be at a table with growth group sign-up information. 
Just let you know when, who's leading different groups and where they're going to be meeting, when they're going to be meeting, or at least to take your information if this, if you're interested in, in participating in this group. And in a variety of groups, things like Band of Brothers and Ignite, um, uh, young adults and uh, the youth are all going to be participating in the same uh, curriculum, uh, looking at the text that we looked at on Sunday morning and asking and investing with one another uh, in asking, what is Jesus calling us to do? What is, what is Jesus saying to us? How do we follow? How do we obey Jesus? How do I steward this body in a way that honors and glorifies Jesus? Because discipleship is the, the purpose of the church and it best happening, it best happens in those kind of gatherings. That's why ultimately, in, in, in time, we will get to the place to where if, if you are so busy, you only have time to go to Sunday morning worship or the growth group, I'm going to tell you to go to growth group. Because that has more impact on the purpose of the church, which is to help you and me invest our lives in Jesus. That, that happens when we're in that kind of relational setting. We see it biblically, it's what Jesus did, and we see it sociologically today. Now, we probably need to have another discussion as to why your life's so busy. You can only choose one of those things. That's a whole other sermon. But again, on your way out or on the church app, or on the, the church website, you'll, you'll find, on the church app, it's under the people tab. You'll see ways of engaging in small groups, seeking to gather with God's word and invest in Jesus. And it's, and it's, it's exciting possibility because that's what we want. This is what we said we wanted. We want to be more formed according to the character of Jesus. We want those kind of relationships. Well, that's where that happens. And on top of that, it's exciting because we know that the return on investment is eternal. I mean, we know from Revelation that there is a day uh, when people of every nation, tribe, and tongue have gathered together at the throne of Jesus. And we want to be practicing that now and living into that reality now. So what a joy, what an exciting opportunity that we get to join with one another in investing our lives in what we know is a sure thing. And we get to invite others to come invest with us also. May God truly bless these efforts as we say yes to discipleship with Jesus. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray together.